when I saw the result of the first three customers, that their conversions have significantly gone up, spending the same budget as they have done before, that was an amazing feeling and I still remember it because then I, then I knew like, okay, we're onto something. We have solved a significant problem with the same conditions as before, but we solved it with technology. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. And super quick, today I'm doing a collaboration with Tech Media Breakit regarding their big SaaS event, Breakit SaaS Summit, that's taking place on October the 19th in Stockholm in Sweden. It's a full day with 500 SaaS leaders, where it will be a deep dive into the areas of AI, financing, and pricing slash growth. The tickets are already in high demand. I will be there. I hope to see you there. So be sure to secure your ticket through the link in the description of this episode. Thank you, Break It. I'm really looking forward to the event. And now it's time for the episode. My name is Gustav Westman. I'm CEO and founder of Brightbid. And you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Gustav. Thank you so much, Joseph. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you here. Uh, I read a lot about you in beforehand. And first thing first, who is Gustav? Please help me get the context of how you look at yourself. So I'll try my best. I am the founder and CEO for Brightbid. I am 33 years old, comes from the west of Sweden, comes from a small city called Uddevalla. And I lived in in Oslo for six years, took my business degree there and lived in Stockholm since 2017. I've been working with sales and marketing the last 10 years and been uh, obsessed about growth and development, both personally and work-wise. I love to work out, listen to audiobooks pick up some nice competence about something. You, you always have like need for, for knowledge. And technology is something that has been I've, been... I've been really interested about technology, how you can use that in a work environment to become more efficient. And I would say I, I personally believe that creating is, is, a, is a process. If you put up your, your goals, you, you strive through that direction, but you always need to be like willing to, to change a bit in order to, to reach your goal. So, so yeah, to summarize, I, I'm very goal-driven. I have some quick follow-on questions here. Uh, number one, uh, have you always been goal-driven or for like how long have you been goal-driven? I mean, I think it started off, you know, when I, I moved to Oslo and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay here for, for six months. I had this like engine in me. Some would put like a label on that, but I, I had this like engine in myself that I am always striving to, to do something. Uh, and, and that keeps me 
like obsessed about doing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So yeah, it's, it's been with me since I was 20 years old, I would say. Interesting. And why you also said you're very interesting in tech and have been that for a while. Why? What's so fascinating with tech? So I am 33, as I said, and when I was walked to, I mean, when I was in the fifth or sixth grade, we had this Nokia 3310. So I've been like yeah, with cool. this whole, I mean, evolution of technology, which is, I mean, it's crazy to to been on that journey, and and it's so cool how you can use like different, I mean, software in order to improve a sales organization or a marketing organization, just to have like the, the insights. So, so that's has been for me very interesting to to use technology in, in order to achieve bigger results or having like the overview of things, I would say. Understand. And talking about using technology then, you have a SaaS company. And can you please tell the listeners, what does your company do? Please do the elevator pitch. So we have created an AI engine for Google advertising. The goal is to create the absolute best coworker that could optimize bids, analyze demographical data, change ad copy based on results, and doing this again and again and again. I mean, op- analyzing thousands of data points every single day, optimize that and try tomorrow again in order to achieve a much better result for our customers. And talking about the why then, the big why, why did you and your co-founders start? Why did you found the company? So I'll take you back a couple of years. It all started when I ran a web, a web agency and our customers frequently asked about, could you help out with the paid search? My first thought was to, I just hire a digital specialist to, to solve it. But then I realized it's very few of them. And the good ones, the so-called ninjas, were also very expensive. So I was looking around for, like, is there some automated solution here? I found some different solutions, but I, I didn't find a solution that really solved the problem for, for the customers, how I, I wanted to, to solve that. And since we started out like three years ago, we have today over 400 customers. We have offices in Stockholm, Oslo, London, and, and Copenhagen. And I'm, I'm really proud and, and, and happy that we can grow together with our customers and actually give them something that helps them out to have a I mean, better result with their paid search. And like going forward for, for us now is to create this independent platform to give our customers the best insights. I mean, competing with the giants like Google and Meta, we want to be this independent platform that have like one goal and that is just to optimize their ad spend uh, and and to give them as, as, as good result as possible with, with our technology. And why is that important for you? So, I mean, if we could be this independent platform and always give our customers a bigger advance. That for me is something like I have solved something for a lot of companies. So, so for, for me, it's like solving this with technology and making my customers 
more successful in their advertisers advertising makes me really happy so so yeah that was a, that is my goal for me it makes quite sense that you have been in this industry for a while you saw a problem you already had customers you liked and now you'll find a way to solve a bigger problem for them within the same field basically that, yeah, that's yeah. It. that seems to be very important for you so thank you for sharing about that gustav and now it's time for something i call five quick ones and the rules here are simple i will say five different word slash sentences and you need to be quick the very first sentence that pops into your mind when you hear this word slash sentence you need to throw it out there understand okay let's go okay let's go ai Game changer for humanity. Pay that. Competitive and hard to navigate. The life of being a startup founder. Fun and painful. (laughs) (laughs) Something that's keeping you awake during the night. It varies. In the beginning, it was cash. Now it's about keeping momentum within the company. And your happy place? Warm environment, no phone, plenty of exercise, charging batteries. Ah, That sounds amazing. Okay, so you said on AI, game changing for humanity. Can we please stay here for a while? And you, if you, if you can give me the quick first insights of what the two to three most positive things you see and also some threats you see here so positive things i think that we will be able to cure a lot of much i mean much more diseases in the future by using ai to identify small small like if you're doing like a radiologist just analyzing it's called like pictures of yeah I, I think that's a really good thing for ai to analyze small small changes that is one of them i also think like transportation will be replaced with ai going forward and i also think that p i mean humans will could focus on more the softer values and having machines doing the the heavy lifting like calculations, stuff like that. I see like the the not so good parts with AI is probably it's not regulated. That if you are training a machine to to do a certain thing and you're getting conscious AI, that is something that is dangerous, I think. And I mean, like Elon Musk, when he first started out the, the open AI projects, that was mainly to create the safe AI. And I think to I think that that's a really important thing to keep in mind as well, that we are investing to keeping this safe followed by regulation or, or technology with AI. Yeah, this is not an AI part, so I don't want to stay here for long. I, I'm just both like myself, like you said, super fascinated, but also extremely scared of the day because it potentially will come a day where we humans aren't the smartest species on this earth (laughs) and uh, it can go south quickly from there so yeah i think this is an important topic to at least have top of mind and continue to talk about regarding regulations and not be 
too extreme here in all different angles. But we continue to an article, actually, I read, and I think many people have read it, at least here in Sweden. Uh, Break It, the tech media, wrote an article, Brightbid entered the stock exchange through the back door. Why did you sell to Spectre? So we did the merge, basically, because it made sense. I would say Brightbit very strong in Google text ads for, for B2B. Spectre with, with Bitbrain brings e-commerce on Google Shopping, which was the last piece of the puzzle in order to complete the, the Google suite for, for the advertisement. So to, together we are, I mean, much stronger than before, offering like s- separate uh, features. And for Brightbit, I mean, take it to the next level, I think this was a logical step in, in the journey to do that. The next thing here is not a question from my end. The next thing is a topic of your choice, Gustav. So now I will sip it for a few minutes. And the only rule here is that you need to talk about something that you are very nerdy about and feel great amount of passion for. So the floor is yours. Thank you so much. So... <clears throat> I'm really passionate about getting the the best out of people. I mean, both myself and people around me. I mean, working with goals, short-term goals, long-term goals, set them, follow up on them, correct them a bit. I mean, that makes me really happy because that is not something that you can, you know, buy for money or something. That is like you set this goal, you, you are correcting your direction a bit. And when you're reaching them, I mean, you will not always reach every single goal that you have, but but I mean, let's say the majority of them. That's like yeah, that that's so cool, and to see people around you that I thought something six months ago was completely impossible, and now they are doing it, or yeah, like the Brightbit experience. Now we have done this journey. I think that that is something that I'm truly like per- passionate about, and and really nerdy about and, and that is to to constantly i mean become better at at like where we are today and to have this mindset that you can do whatever you want you just need to make a decision on that and i think that's something i'm that i'm really obsessed about okay so if we take this uh, interesting topic and put it down in concrete things now basically to give myself like a framework or a toolwork to, to continue with uh, going forward in my journey and of course the listener's journey uh, where do we start when when you should when you should get the best out of people and you have decided a goal where do you start please uh, lay out the, the mind map now the, the the foundation so like business wise or personally it's your topic or, of choice i'm just drilling down so you choose okay so let's say that you want to increase your um, amount of leads or more sales orders which i mean that that one is is pretty easy i would say that that's very like activity based i mean you, you if you start to measuring things you will find out that a lot of the things that we do, it's a numbers game, basically. If we do X amount of pickups, we will have X amount of uh, answers, meetings, orders, and, and customers. And that goes same for like like keeping the customers. If you are 
looking to increase your net revenue retention to see like, okay, <clears throat> if we are calling up the customers and asking them, what did you enjoy with it? What did you like, where do you see that we had the potential of being better? You will find out all those answers, but based on, I would say the, how you are attacking that challenge, I, you will become better by just listening at your customers. Like this is something, our net revenue retention, that's something that we want to increase. So speak with your clients and they will give you the answer. And then you basically put that in a process, I would say, if we use that as an example. Good. And then uh, what, what I'm hearing is that one should start with, when you have decided the goal, reverse engineering, start backwards from there. Exactly. A lot. So you have this idea and then you like to, you you drill it like backwards. And I think a lot of the answers, they are out there. You just need to basically talk to people, iterate, try again, iterate, and you, you, you will find it. In this podcast, we have also one or two external questions from people in the community because I, I, I love li- lifting up others and yeah, <laughs> make others ask questions too. So today we will be joined by Thibaut Hartwig. And this is his question. Hi Gustav, Thibaut here. When was the first time you saw or felt that Brightbit truly resonated with your ideal customer profile? Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. That was actually when I saw the result of the first three customers that their conversions have significantly gone up spending the same budget as they have done before that was an amazing feeling and i still remember it because then i then i knew like okay we're onto something we have solved a significant problem with the same conditions as before but we solved it with technology and that made me going even faster so yeah and you said was this the first Free was this your first free customers or or how long in your journey were you right now uh, when this happened? Oh, just a couple of months in. So oh, wow. first, first the first the first three customers, and then when we scaled it up to twenty to forty to fifty to sixty, and we could still see this impact of of the customers. But you know, sometimes the small wins make you take take the next steps. I would say, but, and, and I, and I'm like that, I'm, I'm like a positive guy. So when I saw those first three clients, I was like, okay, now we're onto something. We need to try it bigger. And then it was 20 customers and 50 and 70 and hundred and yeah, made, made me going. Yeah. Thank you so much for this question. A very relevant topic. And Gustav, what I heard from your good answer was basically solving your customer first customer's problem with your solution in the same way but much better result and maybe quicker also but but don't yeah. overcomplicate things it, it, that, that is that, that is a such important lesson don't overcomplicate things uh, right your, your customers just basically wanted to help with one problem and you did it delivered for them better yeah and everyone was happy 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we move on to go to market. One of my favorite topics. So uh, we're going to dive down here, Gustav. Uh, we're going to talk about three different sh- segments. And I want to hear your main thoughts regarding zero to 100k euros in ARR and then 100k to 1 million and then the journey from 1 million ARR towards 10 million. But we start from the start. Zero to 100k. What's, what was your main thoughts here? And what, what was the main things you did? We start from the start, Gustav. Zero to 100k euro in ARR. The main thoughts here and the main strategy there. Okay, so that one is fun. But you need to active. I will say that this is the first step, and you need to actively and personally recruit customers one by one. And the best way to to get going, I mean, my experience and ask you, Paul Graham at the Y Combinator, is that run small experience, test a lot of different things up, try to reverse engineer. I mean, the process that you have, but but try it. Go out there, pick up the phone, have a meeting, try your pitch. What do you got to lose? Just do it. Like Nike 6. <laughs> Just do it. You sell yourself small iterations and uh, get all the customers manually. Okay. And you succeeded with that. You you passed 100k euros. What did you do then to, to set the goal to, to the glorious 1 million in ARR? What did you do there? So, I mean, this step, not so much different from the previous bucket, but now you need more people and you need money to to grow the company. So you will also start like, now it's time to test different channels to see what kind of channel is working for you. Is it LinkedIn? Is it Google? Is it cold calling? So now it's about like trying different channels, I would say, to, to reach out to to your customers and, and scale that. And it's all about like testing, measuring, iterating. I cannot like, I cannot stress the importance enough of, I mean, doing the iteration piece because when you are trying this out, you, you will find out that, okay, Google was my channel to recruit as much customers as possible, or it was LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, I think that step is, is to try out the different channels that are, that are out there. How how many people were you when you entered the 100k area, and how many people were you when you reached the 1 million era? So the 100k era, I think we were five people, five to seven people around there. And when we entered the 1 million to 10, we are we are there now. Uh, but yeah, we were 20, I would say. 20 people today we are approximately 70 people so today we are like halfway through to to reach 10 million and did you have hr functions at that point or is it more now when you are going towards the 10 was it you and your yeah maybe one more co-founder that was like the all these parts the or how, how did you do there yeah, yeah. I mean, in in the previous step, hundred k to one mil. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, we 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 took what we had. We we raised <laughs> like a couple of million kroners, 
and we made sure that we found a really good product market fit and we scaled on that. And, you know, I was doing customer support. I was doing sales. I was doing like salaries, paying invoices. Yeah, I was basically everywhere in that stage. Now it's a different stage. I mean, now we have HR, we have a finance department that is really amazing. But I mean, for all, I mean, there, there's also something charming about every every stage here that you you can you can try out so many different positions. I would say in in a company when when you're doing this, and you always have this mindset that you're going to do a good job on them. But when you're reaching, uh, let's say, the journey that we are on now, yeah, things are getting like bigger and more complicated. And now you read like super professional. Uh, people on finance, on development, on customer service in order to <clears throat> keep the momentum and, and the scaling going. So, so, so you, you, now are, you, now look, you now are looking more towards hiring experts, you would say, like uh, in, in different departments than you needed before. Yeah, definitely. I say that. And, and that is very crucial that, I mean, recruiting the right kind of talents, I would say that is so important. You cannot compromise there. You cannot be be messy there. I, I think that recruiting talents, people are building a company. So in the stage that we are in now, experts in every single area, it's really important uh, in order to, to keep the momentum and, and the growth of the company. And if we just should put now, before we leave in the go-to-market segment, a label on the like sales channels in every stage, would you say the, the first very first step was like manual outreach networking, doing yeah. what you could? Is that yeah. correct? Like the second the layer? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The second layer, what was that more classic B2B outreach combined with paid ads? On Google? Yeah. So if you have money and you're not bootstrapped, I would say mix it a bit with some paid search and some classic outbound B2B sales. And at the the third level, then we can start to, uh, to like doing experiments with like PR, paid search, SEO, using ABM, uh, now it's now you can elaborate much more than than you you can do on on the previous stages. Good, and then I think it's time to, <laughs> yeah, dive a bit deeper here in outreach because you mentioned out B two B outreach, and I'm I'm basically building a sales tool with Vam, so I'm super curious about this topic and getting data points here. What's your preferred way, Gustav? of being contacted in a modern buyer's journey, meaning what's the best way to do outreach to you? So if you want to sell something to me, you need to cut through the noise. And so look me up, see if, okay, is this something that this guy probably needs? Or like a problem that that will make my life easier? Have a clear value proposition, like this is the the value of it. Make it clear. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Get like introduced by mutual connection, or I mean, you could always try to to 
do a cold call to me. That is how to, to reach out to me. Like email robots, I don't think they work anymore. I think they are a part of this, I mean, of the noise, for, at least for, from, from my perspective. Good. And yeah, with that said, the, I we put period to this topic and are entering the roundup. This means basically we only have a few questions left. And the first thing here, if you would give yourself when you were a younger CEO, think five, 10 years ago, the top one to three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? Don't be so stressed about things that don't go your way. Sleep for it for a night before you act. Talk to a mentor or someone you trust. There is always a solution. Second advice, always have good control of your P&L. And third advice, like do this trial and error as a part of your process. And don't be afraid that things will not like go your way immediately. Just like you will find your way, but give it some time. And the very last question then. Now we can be a bit more philosophical again. Can you share one of your favorite life mottos, Gustav? You either win or you learn. But remember to have fun along the way. Yes. And with these words, we are putting period here. And now I'm shifting the focus to you who has been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, if you got some value here, please tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Gustav's episode in B2B SaaS And number two, press the subscription button. We have great guests coming here every week. And Gustav, a huge, huge thank you for putting us around 30 minutes together with me to help me and the community to keep on learning. Thank you so much, Joseph, for having me.